The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hello and welcome to another edition of Hidden Horsepower. That is right, Hidden Horsepower back on the air. For all of you audio-only listeners, you are going to love this one. We have got Lake, we have got Ben Strader from EFI University, and we've got Don McAllister, Dino Don, who runs the dino out at Shaver Racing Engines, and we're going to get out to these guys right now. Joining the show, the three amigos, check these guys out. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, wait, starting out wait, all, I can, all I can think of now is that, is that movie, right? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Steve Martin. How funny is that? Yeah. I just want to know which one am I. <laughs> if you had done the salute, it would have been uh, so I, much I, better. I hit myself now, Joe. I, I got to stop. <laughs> my, my thought process is totally train wreck. But look at this. Yeah, now oh. we're supposed to talk about, you know, automotive stuff. Right. right. I mean, come on. Now, the reason we did this show, okay, Lake, we've been doing these episodes from the PRI uh, 2022, and they have been great, but I always like to reach out to the audience and make sure that they know that current things are happening and we're doing current episodes. And so we decided to all get together, uh, talk about where you are, what you're doing and introduce us to Don. I know I'm not going to get a word in edgewise on this episode because you've got so much to talk about. I will interject every now and again, but, uh, you are right like in the place that you love the most, right? Dino room, experimenting with smart people. Take it away. Tell us about what we're going to learn today and introduce us to the man, Dino Don. Well, yeah, this is this is almost like heaven, right? These are two of my best friends in the whole world because we, we share the common interest of testing. Yeah. Yeah. And teaching. Absolutely. This is what we do. The three of us do this together, um, which is weird, though. This is the only the second time the three of us have ever been correct in together the in the same spot, yeah. which is we some always doing it over their place or here. So today we're, of course, here. we communicate on Facebook all the time. Sure. And, sure. You know, but uh, yeah, so it's cool to hang out here in the frat house, you know, and we're, and we're, and we're, you know, both, you know, we, we both put out some, some information videos and stuff like that. And, and we're watching each other stuff. So we, you know, we, we're friends. We've, we've known each other for quite a long time. I actually have a house on the other side of the lake and it. And that's one of the reasons why it just so happened that we were here this, that I was here this weekend. Hey. didn't even know that yep. you were going to be here. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. Yeah, so you come over to hang out and be on vacation, and we put you back exactly. to work. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I got to bring my work shirt. You know, I, I, I thought I was going to wear my tank top and with a beer in my hand. Now, here we are, but it's okay. It's all for a good cause. So, so we know you really well, but not everybody that's watching or listening well. So tell us a little bit about well, your job at Shavers and Shavers in general. You know, I've been involved with auto racing. Uh, I just had my 62nd birthday. been involved with auto racing for about 45 years now. That's kind of a long time. Um, about 25 years ago, uh, I, I left the, the racing world, the NASCAR world. I was uh, working in North Carolina super truck team and, and uh, came back. I started life out at 14 years old building engines uh, at a local machine shop. Uh, so I know I've, I, I've, I've known engines all my life. Uh, that's one of the things I've worked on all my life. I've also been a crew chief for, for NASCAR teams. You know, I've, I've done the whole racing thing. When I got tired of doing that uh, about 25 years ago, I came back from North Carolina and got a job with Ron Shaver. And that's been one of the, the best decisions that I've ever made. You know, I, when, I, when I came to, to, to the interview with him, he, you know, I, I told him, I said, yeah, I, I, I'd like to put motors together. He's like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to run the test facility. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I'm like, are you pretty <laughs> much dead? Yeah. You want me to run the dyno? 
So um, ever since then, um, I, I've been running the test facility. We have two engine dynos at, at Shavers. And uh, most of you may or some of you may or may not know, but our, our specialty is sprint car engines. We, we, we build sprint car engines. And uh, if anybody knows the Shaver name, um, you, you know that we build a, a really good one. They probably know Donnie Shots, and they probably realize, <laughs> they may not realize over 10 uh, World of Outlaw sprint car championships out of their shop yeah. over well, 10 well it's i think it's 12 or 13 but um, over 10. since i've been there <laughs> since i've been there we, we've uh, we've had 10 uh, world of outlaw championships with our shots with the, with the chevrolet and um and recently in the last couple of years uh the the shaver uh, all, all of us at shavers have been working on developing the new ford engine for the sprint car motor and that and that's going pretty well too um we, we've had some some pretty good success with that Ron Shaver is actually one of the only guys, um, I think one of the only engine builders that's actually won a World of Outlaws championship with both a Ford and a Chevrolet. Ah, so, that's pretty cool. Um, but, but that's my background. I, and, and to this day, you know, I'm, I'm running the, the engine dyno. And one of my favorite things to do is when Lake comes to town, Lake and I have been testing for 12, well, 13, 14 years. Yeah, a long time. Um, with, uh, with, with uh, you know, oils and rings and stuff and we're still in that process right now matter of fact we're in the right in the middle of a, of a really big ring pro, uh, project that is kind of a secret nobody's really kind of knows about well, it now but well it was well it was yeah. a secret now everybody <laughs> yeah. knows but uh, we're, we're trying to that's why you listen to hidden horse power exactly. because you get information first exactly so we're we're, we're we're doing this and as soon as we get some uh some results we're still in the assembly phase right now with this new ford sprint car engine that we're, we're doing this testing on um, as soon as we get some, some results, we'll, we'll let everybody know. That's pretty cool. And we'll, we'll give away a little bit, right? So, all right, we'll get, let's get ahead of the project here. All uh, right, so, Joe, just I'm not going to – you you can give it away. I, I, I'm going to give away a little bit here. <laughs> okay. So, as most people probably have known, we, we put that video out a while back mm -hmm. the, about the piston ring coating. So, yes. traditionally, all we've ever had are the – we we'll call it the single type coatings. Like you, you, you can either go like really soft, the old school Molly ring, mm -hmm. soft, porous, but it wears up quickly. Or you would go to the other end of the spectrum, which is like, you no know, DLC or titanium nitride, super really hard, hard stuff. Yeah. And no porosity takes forever to break in or and really tricky. We've been working with the guys at Southwest research here for a while. And one of the things we came up with is a dual layer coating. So, you guys actually been running it. We've been running it. Yeah. So like no one even knows that's like I've been racing it. Like, we've been racing tested it, been running it. And, so, and we I think didn't we try to abuse it up with the new motor once too? We did, but, but but we haven't told him. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We we we've tested it. Yeah, we tested it. And you will see soon how we tested yeah. it. So we've got some confidence in that coating now. So the thing is, we know that that dual layer coating, because it's softer on the outside, harder on the inside. We call it the opposite MMs. Right. Uh, that really would set up well for the extreme plateau finish. So the idea is that, hey, ring seal isn't just the hone. It's not just the oil, not just the ring or the pistons. It's all not just together. the clearance. Yeah. Right. All this. Yeah, exactly. So we really wanted to do because we kind of learned about that, that that piston to wall clearance is absolutely critical. It can If you get too much piston to wall clearance and there's too much piston rock, you can basically upset the whole recipe and throw everything out the window. You got so, a ring that's going like this, and that, and that's not good for especially in the ring's pretty small, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not near as big as my hand is. Yeah. So the idea is let's work on a new recipe, if you will. Let's we can 
begin with the coating. Let's make sure we have a really tight piston to wall clearance. Let's work on the surface finish. So we've, we've worked on all of these things independently and we've shown them in different videos, yes, yes. you know, between the three of us yeah. uh, in different applications. One of the, let me just interject for a second. One of the, the reasons why we've done that independently first is to make sure, to make sure that that particular process did work. Absolutely. And, and we're, and like you said, now we're, we're in the process of, of just starting to put everything together. They both know it requires tons of discipline, especially on my part. <laughs> to actually go incrementally because I'm not a very patient person. No, he's not. Especially I, when he's running the dyno. Mm -mm. I want to get things done and I want to <laughs> get answers and I, and I get ideas and I want to jump to where my idea just came from. Uh, but in, in Lake's defense, Don, it is amazing how many dyno pulls you can do in a two or three day period. Oh, Jesus. Like. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, and, but one of the things, Ben, that, that he had a hard time with that I, I, I had to talk to him about a number of times Leave the data alone until you're done testing. Yeah, because you first. can manipulate the data. You can right. you can and and if you just leave the data alone until you're done getting it, Stop then you it. then yeah. you can actually analyze it correctly so without making not, mistakes. Yeah, careful, you start drawing conclusions. Exactly. Right? And you're like, so now your your vision is guided almost towards the way you want the answer. To exactly. Go. So and we that. try not to do that yeah. when we're testing. I think anybody. That's and really I believe someone told me before that. Belief dictates vision. I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. what happens. Belief dictates vision. And so, um, you know, anybody that's really interested in testing is going to have that same kind of mentality, exactly. right? Like exactly. if, you, if you care about the results and the outcome, you have to take your, your emotions out of it yes. and exactly. say like, eh, I'm just going to let the data be king. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So. That it, is, it, you know, and like you said, it, it's sometimes it's easier to do that when, like, if we're doing endurance testing or something like that in a two or three day period, we'll make 150, 200 dino posts. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. The so, few you know, people love us. By yeah, the way. exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that'd be fun to talk about today, since we're all sitting in the same room, is um, not not just how this technology applies to all the different packages, because obviously the stuff you build is dramatically different from the stuff we built. Correct. And so it's fun to share notes and talk about the differences. So like if it's going to work in your sprint car engine, which is long duration, somewhat, not a, not a lot, but somewhat less RPMs than we would do, mm -hmm. but also methanol instead of like mechanical yeah, injection. You have mechanical you know. fuel injection. So like what are some of the things that we could compare for for the soup? The, I, I need my ring seal just like you need your ring seal, right? Mm -hmm. But the some of the differences are like for us, we get an engine that maybe our dyno pull begins at say 8,500 RPM mm -hmm. and we go from 8,500 maybe to 11, two or three or whatever. So the lifespan of our engine is just by nature going to be a lot less than yours. So what we where, where our dyno pull start go from like 5,000 to, to 8,500. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe nine on a really higher. Yeah, level, exactly. Right. And yeah. so, you know, your engine also has to go, you know, maybe three or four or 10. How many, how many nights will a typical engine go? Well, you know, uh, it depends on the series that the local CRA guys, we can, we can get about 20, 20 shows out, out of an engine, which is, which is a lot. Now, yeah, because a show would be qualified, heat the, rays and all that. Right? Uh, again, we're running, we're running methanol and, and the easiest way to, to put it is a show is about 55 gallons worth of methanol. Okay. So, a, drum, a drum of methanol. A drum of methanol. That's right. about one show. And you have um, 20 drums. Wow. Yeah. Before we say, listen, you really need to come back in and let yeah. us take a look at it. And most of the time we just go ahead and rebuild it at that point. Because you already got it apart. The outlaw guys were a little more stingy with for a couple of reasons. One, because there's a little bit more money involved um, okay. and there's a little bit more abuse on the engines that they're making a little bit more power. 
and we're, we're a little bit more on the edge. So we can go 10, 12 shows on the Outlaw Motors. But now um, that's 410 inches. 410 inches, uh, anywhere from 15 and a half to 17 to one compression ratio. Okay, so uh, way above 900 horsepower, I'm guessing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so these are aluminum blocks or iron? They're, they're, you know, to answer one of your earlier questions, um, the, the, the two big differences between what you're doing and I'm doing, you know, the, the all aluminum uh, 410 sprint car engine, and yes, okay. they're all, they are all aluminum. Um, the, the, when we're talking about this ring seal thing, the, one of the biggest issues that we have is the fact that because it's aluminum, this, and because aluminum changes when it, when it heats up, the cylinders really never stay straight. Mm -hmm. um, whereas on your cast iron stuff, you can keep the cylinder straighter, that which much, is a little bit so. easier to keep that ring from rocking to the point where it's going to lose its yeah, edge. So, so we have two advantages, right? So typically we'll be at worst cast iron, but most of the time compacted graphite iron. So it's okay. extremely stiff. Yeah. stiff. The other thing is temperature. So, you know, a, one of our runs, let's say, uh, say we go 760 or something, 765, 770, yeah. right? We'll start the, we'll do the burnout and we'll be on the starting line. And we'll be maybe uh, 90 to 105 degrees, somewhere in that range. But in that seven and a half seconds, we're only going to pick up about five to seven degrees. Mm -hmm. So we don't have this huge temperature swing like you do from, you know, <laughs> a, a green flag to a, to a yellow flag. You know, we, we don't even brings up so many things because, yes, <laughs> uh, the, that, that kind of leads me to my second issue, the huge issue with with the ring seal and, and motors and stuff. You know, using methanol, you have to run twice as much methanol as you do yeah. gasoline. Yeah. Um, and because of that. If we do not get our engines to temperature, up to temperature, if we can't get the water temperature somewhere above 160 degrees, preferably between 180 and, and 220 degrees, the meth all the methanol that's going in that cylinder won't burn. Yeah, yeah it won't vaporize. It yeah. won't vaporize. It yeah. won't burn. So temperature is, is huge for us. So we have to get up to temperature quick. And then we have to make sure that it stays at that temperature for 30 laps, 50 laps, whatever the race is. At 950 horsepower, yeah, yeah, that, so. it's 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 a little bit more difficult. So so we're, because of the yes, the the heat the heat thing is very critical. Not, maybe not as much for you as it is for us, but it's so critical. Well, because it's your best friend and your worst enemy. Exactly, right? you have to have it to make the fuel work, but you hate it because it makes the block. Be, because work. exactly, yeah. that, and and so it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. And and so one of the things that we're testing now is to be able to cheat that system just a little bit. Sure, yeah. Um, with, with some, I'm not going to say what we're going to do, but what we're going to try to cheat that system on, on one of our really good Ford engines. Um, I could think of some drag race technology and in, in, in might be transferring that way a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. And, so, and, and so, and and again, we're, we're not going to divulge in, any of that information. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so that's what we're doing right now. We're, cool. we're, 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 we're doing some more testing. And the, and the fun part about what we're doing here is that we we can test on on high end stuff. I mean, right, the, yeah. you know the the stuff that you know when I first started, you know, in this business at 14 years old, you know, you could buy a brand new engine for you know a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. Well, if you want one of our brand new Fords right now, it's about seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah. So you couple thousand bucks, won't even buy you a block. Yeah, anymore. exactly. No, no. <laughs> so yeah, and so, so same thing. Like one of our, you know, it, typically you could go to the you know the Chevy store and buy yourself a Camaro and you sure. could race on the weekends. Exactly. Back. Nowadays, I mean, like a true, like absolutely uh, top tier drag race engine with the EFI system, with the, all the oil, you know, like just turnkey, 
we're we're getting close to 150 yeah. these days. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like, and the EFI is a big expensive part. The of EFI is a big part of that for the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, that adds to the cost. But the reality is, like you said, I feel like doing all this testing on, say, like a mildly warmed over kind of street strip engine isn't the same. Oh, it's not. Is something that's really strung out. And, and, and the reason why it's not is because you know, in the, the at the level of competition that that we're at today. Not not just in in the sprint car world, but everywhere. It's so it's so tight that we have to be on the edge. Yeah. When we're testing, you know, one of these motors, we have to be on the edge. We have to you know, lean it out as best we can to find the best power. Play with the timing is, is is you know whatever. And and again, because we have been doing this so long, I, I've I've broken motors on purpose to find out how far we can go. Yeah. And yeah, we call that TFA program, test of failure analysis. Exactly. Right, so. And 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 that's how we've over the years, that's how how we've learned um how we can make one of these engines last for 20 races in the CRA or or, or 12 races in the yeah. world of outlaws without breaking. Yeah. Um we we actually I I lost count at one point, but in in part of that span where where Donnie was winning all the championships, um there was about a 400 and 50 or 460 race period where Donnie did not have a motor related DNF. That's, 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 that's a stat that I'm very proud of. Oh, yeah. Now drag racers that say that means you're not trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the other thing, well, the other thing he didn't mention um, about the temperature is with those engines, they're only running about what, seven, eight quarts of oil. That's so that's how I was going through my so, head. So and there it's like three hundred plus degrees yeah. oil well, temps. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's screaming hot. And, and you know what? Because the sprint car doesn't have an oil temperature gauge, that's one of the reasons we're not really scared about it. But don't look at it. <laughs> the other, yeah, the other reason want to know. The, the other reason we're not very scared about it is uh, because over the years we've we've come up with some pretty decent oils. Yeah, and we worked on worked really hard. On the oil program, those yeah. mm -hmm. those engines are as about as hard on oil as yeah. anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Like if they can live in that environment, yeah. it'll pretty it's much work anywhere in there yeah. for a long time. So Don, how about um, so speaking of all that, like your your reciprocating assemblies, obviously you must have put a ton of work into making those live. And do you do you fight the same balance as everybody else? Where like we're trying to get it as small and light as possible, but also <laughs> make it live, or do you don't care and you just make them big? Um, no, more, more drag racing. Okay, yeah, so no, yeah, so again, you know, working with that. working with Ron Shaver all, the, all these years, working with Ron Shaver all these years, we have been encouraged to do to test. We've been encouraged to to, to push the push the envelope. Mm -hmm. um, and so yes, we have gone to the extreme where we found out that that connecting rod might have been just a little bit too light. We know what not to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we've gone back to something that we know. Um, you know, won't break under normal circumstances. Sure. I, we were talking earlier in the back room. I've got this. You you've seen it. Whenever you're done, I, I keep this. I keep <laughs> this. this Corolla, already in my head. I keep this Corolla rod on my dyno council yeah. that is bent so bad. I, I can't believe how it didn't break. And right, for yeah. anybody that knows Corolla rods, it's bent like they, a they don't bend. They, they just don't bend. I mean, and the rod didn't break. So so the parts that we're using um, are, are, are are over the years we've tested and found out. Okay, we we don't. We use a Honda pin crankshaft on a 410. We can do that on a 360 because they're 150 horsepower less. At 950 horsepower, we can't use that thin pin. So okay. we use a two-inch pin. Things like that that we've learned over the years. Yeah, that's interesting stuff because that's the same sort of thing that, you know, we push and we push and we push and we go, okay, that was a little too far. Let's yeah, a bit. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and but, uh, you know, and pistons. You know, we we've had great luck with the with the Molly piston. Yeah. Um. Um. We, you know, we've. It's just we we've found some parts valves. We have we run a certain type of valve. Um. You know, we've just found some parts that we we trust mm -hmm. valve springs. Oh my God! And you know a lot more about valve springs, <laughs> I'm sure, than I do. But you know, valve spring technology uh, is it has been incredible. It has changed a, a ton in the last just in the last couple of years. Uh, we couldn't do what we do without the quality of valve springs we have. It's now. amazing. You know, it's like, amazing. We, it's, we, it's we have, unfair for on our engines. Yeah, on our engines, we've actually changed the the size of the valve spring to the point where when I got it, when I first thought of them, I'm like. Are you sure you want to run that small what, what spring? you're running now would fit inside what you used My to God, run. absolutely. It's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. But on the Spintron, what both of us um, have, have done work on the Spintron, you, you, of course, a lot more than I have, but um, we, we've learned what we can and can't get away with. Sure. And so, um, and again, failure analysis um, ha, has led us to the, 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 the parts that we're currently using yeah. in the engine. And, you know, the Spintron's an interesting thing because it's a fairly expensive process to do. And so when yes. we have people come to us and say, hey, I want to do it or, you know, and sometimes there's a little bit of sticker shock, like, wow, I didn't realize it was that complicated. <laughs> and, you know, and the way that I look at it is we look at our engine development as like three phases, right? So uh, we have the Spintron, and if it makes it through that, then we go to the dyno. And if it lives through that, then it, only then can it go to the car. Because the expense gets worse, not not, not cheaper, right? I go, look, Absolutely. You, you can skip the Spintron thing and save all this money. But if there's a problem and you blow it up on the dyno, instead of being eight or ten or twelve thousand dollars, it's fifty or sixty. To exactly. Fix it, you know. Exactly. You can you blow up on the racetrack. Now you turn your car over. Yeah, yeah. Now you're two hundred million. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I, I see it as like for us, and I'm sure you guys have the same thing. Like, man, it's not leaving the shop. I don't care how many times we have to go back and redo it, but it ain't leaving the shop until we know it's going to live. So we we have uh, we have two, sometimes three, right now. Uh, Keith's back. We three three engine nice. builders. Um, you just got the volume of work that we're, we're having right now, and nothing that we do leaves the shop without me putting it on the dyno. That's awesome. If yeah. I can't break it, <laughs> if I can't break it, it's usually a pretty decent motor. Right. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if dyno down can't break it, ain't no driver got a chance, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, That's no funny. doubt about it. I mean, so you, you, we got all these we, questions, we know how to break them. We do. <laughs> well, it's, the funny thing, too, is we get a lot of questions about from our the videos we did yeah. on how to break in an engine on the dyno oh, sure. and everybody's like, Oh, you, you can't do that. I'm like, Oh yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Don't tell the engine. It doesn't know you can. Right. <laughs> you know, but no, back to the valve spring thing that is, you know, from the, my dad's project, you know, mm -hmm. getting the old engine back and up and going again and, you know, gaining 300 horsepower and all that kind of stuff. The one visible piece, if you let, take the old part and the new part and you set it side by side, that is the like, Oh my God, is the valve spring it's like this giant like this big old spring to this little thing you're like how's that how are they thing? doing it how's, how's, they how's this little thing yeah. it's the same valves yeah, yeah. how do they do that yeah neither they were tie valves in the day they're tie valves in the, today what's what's the difference and it's like even on the 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 other engine right so if you don't know right so the we'll tell the real quick stories in case someone who's following along doesn't know the whole story you know so uh, dad retired from nascar in 98 Started doing some vintage uh, stock car racing in the early 2000s. Was very successful, won a bunch of races, but was getting out of hand. Like guys were buying brand new cars that were three or four years old and they were considered vintage just because right. it wasn't the current spec cup car. Right. And they, they guys had 800 plus horsepower engines and dad's running around there. We actually know now with a 690 horsepower engine. And he's like, forget this. I'm going to go go-kart racing, which is good because we've had a lot of fun go-kart racing. He became a champion. Uh, oh, yeah. So 
that's in one of his engines was set on the floor for 20 years. And then this past summer, we decided to take it back off and we put it back in the dyno. Yep. There, there's the engine as it is now. Yep. We put that engine back on the dyno after sitting for 20 years and it overheated the last race. We had no idea why it overheated. It just had overheated and but he won. We put it in the dyno and it made 477 horsepower. <laughs> and we found the original dyno sheets when Bob Cronin had built yep. it and it made 690 brand new. We were like, we lost a few. Yeah, like over 200. Oops. Right. So we took it apart. We couldn't find anything wrong with it inside. We freshened it back up. And the guys over uh, Pro Motor that had done engines for dad back in the day, they went through it. We freshened it up, kept the same block, heads, manifolds, crank, rods. Actually, I was talking to Richard uh, Basher over at CP. He's like, dude, I made those rods. <laughs> <laughs> They're older than my oldest son. <laughs> yeah, Jackson wasn't even born yet. Oh, God. <laughs> when he built those rods. Right? <laughs> so we put all those rods, that set back in together. But we put new pistons. We went from the old school 043 15 three millimeter ring package, the old full round piston to you know forward side relief piston to a 0.7.72 millimeter. Went from just, just lateral gas ports, like 12 lateral gas ports in the piston. We did a combination lateral gas ports in the piston and the ring. Oh, I've never done that. No, I've got to say, I got that from these guys. Um, we doubled it them works up. well, by the way. Yeah, it did. Um, then, our, of course, our buddy Billy got us new camshaft, new, new valve springs. Yep. Yeah. Even went to found some old school 1.8 rockers. So they were old uh, Jessel rockers. We didn't get new ones. We got new old oh. stock with some 1.8 stuff. Cool. And put that together, and the engine made 777. I remember seeing the sheet. So it picked up 300 horsepower in this thing. Now, the cool thing is, like, of course, you know, I'm an oil analysis nerd, so you have to have the oil sample bottle. So fortunately, because you guys know this. Never leave them without it. When we dyno an engine, what do I do when the dyno test is over? Well, it's not just when the dyno test is over. I mean, we we do it. I mean, we'll do it throughout the thing, too, depending on what we're testing. But every time we we will take an oil analysis sample um, and test it because you can't just tell – Every, everything you need to know about what's going on inside a motor from looking at the dyno screen. You have to you have to look at the oil. The oil tells you so much mm-hmm. as to, as far as what is happening inside the engine. The, the chemical analysis, the, the the metals inside the engine, the different type of metals. It's so important to see those ratios mm-hmm. and find out what's going on because you can actually catch a failure well before it happens. Just by looking at that oil. Yeah. Are you listening? You, you, you are you trend, listening? You trend, right? <laughs> All of a sudden it goes over the clip. And you're like, why exactly. does this have so much like exactly. copper? You're like, uh-oh, that's yeah. bad. You exactly. know, like, time to stop. Very important. Very yeah, so important. We, we've been doing that ever since you started. Right. Yeah. So when we made the 777, it would have been really easy that day to walk out of there with your chest poked out, proud. We, we, we killed it. And we, we were that day. But we did take oil samples from the break-in sample and from the race oil sample. And to their points exactly – we detected water in it, and the trend analysis said, hey, that wasn't just something, that, a gasket that hadn't quite sealed up and it got better as you ran it. No, it was getting worse. Because of the difference in the two samples. Right. We could tell that trend analysis yeah. that, hey, time-wise, this is getting worse. That gave enough information to the dentist and those guys, because they had pressure-checked the heads. Mm-hmm. But then we realized what they had to do is they actually had to put the heads on the engine, cork it down, heat them up to find the leak. Yep. Found the leak was in the intake runner of number three. Oh. So it was using water. Why did it overheat in 2003? It's because it was Drake 
drank all the water out of the radiator Did during it. the race. Every water left. Right. That's why I'd overheat it. Do that. So the thing is, if we hadn't done that sample, yeah. we'd have gone back to the racetrack, they would have done the same thing. Yeah. Now here's the killer. So we found it, fixed it, put it back on the dyno. Did a little bit of tweaking on the carburetor deal there because I, I thought we were kind of maybe either we were either running out of cylinder head or you're we running out of uh, airflow from the uh, carburetor based on what we had seen on the dyno. So the only way to know is to try it. So yeah. we went from a 830 CFM carburetor. We put a thousand CFM carburetor on it and it picked up a lot wait a minute i, I used to be a tech guy that's, that's that's there's there's no tech there oh okay. <laughs> that was the reason why we tried that we went from the regular old school <laughs> holly four barrel okay i called right. my buddy trevor at <laughs> get him this got the twin blade and i was like i need a thousand cf film <laughs> i'll be a hero or a zero You're right exactly. it's so much easier to build engines when there's no rules right? oh, God, exactly. yes. oh yeah so uh it made 791 now very nice, uh, very nice. and with out the leak, it now makes 14 inches of vacuum versus no. eight inches of vacuum. Imagine that. Right. Amazing. Right. And it just holds out there. Amazing. So anyway, that, that whole project's been a ton of fun to put a lot of stuff in place. But part of that was, okay, back to using the surface finish, right? What do we, what have we learned in all right. this working? Right. right. So let's put the right surface finish in there. Let's make the sure. Right ring. The, 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 the right ring. It would do all those things, but, right? I mean, there's so many things that we've learned over there. Well, the cool thing is, there's never any light switch, right? It's not like if no. you just put that ring in there, all of a sudden, boom, this thing makes a no, 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 no. It's, it's all of those things together. It's not. And as a matter of fact, that's a good point because, you know, when we're doing our testing, like on the Beale motor, we've got a 383 inch small buck, yeah. stock small buck Chevrolet mm -hmm. 10 one. And when we're doing testing on that, the, the difference is because of the dyno, I'm going to give Superflow a, 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 you know, a good word here. The, the dyno that we have, the super, the Black Widow dyno is. One of the, it's the most accurate dyno that I've ever used. Um, it's incredible. So when we get it, when we see a change, like in a ring mm -hmm. package for something like that, it's a very minor change. But when we see a change on the dyno, it's we know it's the motor, not the dyno. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Your, your situation's unique because with the dual servo on that dyno, and the fact that you're five miles from the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty close to sea level. Uh, yeah, that, that barometer I, does not if change. I, if it, I see a 107 correction factor on your dyno sheet, I'm going to be really suspicious. I, I don't right. think yeah. I've I don't think I've ever seen that high. <laughs> no. um, as a matter of fact, there have been days where I've actually had to give give power back. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, there, 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 there are days. Yeah. yeah. So that's like that, that combination works pretty well. But I mean, to that point, you know, about the dyno mule engine. That was one of the fun things that came up in this whole project with you know getting dad's engine ready to go back to the racetrack is that he had a backup motor. We, what we learned was actually the motor that overheated was the backup. Oh. He, he got confused. So oh, here's geez. the whole story. So here's, here's the full story now. He raced for a couple of years. Well, he had two engines he bought at auction. They were all Bush motors, yeah. nine to one motors. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cronin got one of them really tuned up for him. They actually made 730. It was like a 13 to one compression, yeah. a little bit more tricky stuff to yeah. it. Um, well, he run that one a lot. It had gotten tired. He had sent it back to Bob. Well, the backup motor was just basically the nine to one motor. Yeah. yeah. It was the one that was okay. 690. It was, okay. it was 40 horsepower down. Yeah, so when, exactly. when he went to the racetrack the last couple of races and was thought, man, I'm out down 100. You know, you were probably down 100, but you were down 40 for certain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. From your other motor, right? Uh, then when we went through it and freshened it up, I was like, now it's really, we were all like, this motor doesn't really seem like that much. And, you know, and when we pulled the other one out, 
they've just been freshened up. They've been sitting for 20 years and put on the dyno. It may 730. I mean, literally set for 20 years. No valve spring change, no nothing. Just nothing. put it on the dyno. Wow. Put it on the dyno. Yeah. And I the thing been, made I've been seven. scared to do that. Yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> panicked, right? <laughs> But took some McGarry's thin, it's fog it and like, yeah, yeah, exactly, thing, yeah. you know, it's like, oil it down. First. Oh, we did, we did. We, I mean, I, I loaded a full can of fog it in the thing right. before I turned over. The dyno sheet in uh, 2003 said it made 730 horsepower, 731 at 8,100 RPM with, I think, 300 pounds per hour fuel flow. It made 731 horsepower at 8,000 RPM at 297. <laughs> like, okay, same damn We're number. Yeah. yeah. So we pulled that one apart. It had bush lifters in there. It was high nice. depression. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, this was a nice piece. Yeah. So guess what? We're putting that one out there. Well, yeah, so, so interestingly, yeah. you're 60 better than that, though. And that's that's the real measure of that technology versus today. Right. right? Yeah. So, so I mean, yes, you found 300, but that one was almost broken. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah exactly. So, but the reality is you didn't change a ton of stuff. We knew modern profile, valve springs, the ring and the, mm -hmm. you know, the soup. Yep. That was worth 60. That's yep. a big number. It, it is. It is. It is. But the know, nice thing, too, is now we have that engine, that second engine, this you know, higher RPM, you know, dry sump engine that gives us another test piece that we can lean on because you go back sure. to, to your math, right? Yep. Okay. That engine was making me figure it up about almost 1.6 pound feet per cubic inch. Per cubic inch. So it, I mean, it's like, I think that's it was 1.57, right? So that's good. So that's a good, yeah. that's a good engine. That's not like a slouch, like our, our mule motor is a slouch, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But, but it's, it's there for that purpose. Well, now we've added to our arsenal an engine that's a little more edgy. A little yeah, yeah, exactly. So we can do some of this. A, a little spicier. And because, you know, the, because of the dry sump versus our mule motors, the wet sump motor, we can control vacuum a little engine, mm -hmm. you know, engine back, uh, mm -hmm. crankcase vacuum a little better, which is one of the things that we're really concentrating on, especially with this new ring pack. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah. More toys. Yeah. Toys. So, where, we, where we've been doing the analog gauge forever right <laughs> yeah so I mean, now we've all... got a portable window why is it portable that way it can be here at efi university and it can also go to shavers too <laughs> <laughs> it can travel it's pretty sweet <laughs> you're right? in your toys oh right. my goodness you gotta measure stuff man it's we, the fun part we call this place the frat house because we have this fraternity we call delta land this mm -hmm. you know, so the dino room and the spin trap we just all the toys are at the frat house you know yeah, exactly. still play. yeah. As opposed to foosball tables and pool tables, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got well, dinos yeah, and spin drives. You know, yeah. you know the, the thing is, though, I mean, the the, the the toys that you've been bringing by lately, like, are are going to help revelize what we do. That's yeah. Yeah. The, the the measuring equipment that the, the guys like Brad are, are making right now, yeah. and then and then the the Mark Mark yeah. stuff, Mark Melbourne stuff. Oh yeah. my God, the, being able to see and calculate on your computer without even doing anything. Yeah. What exactly? How? What? What? What exactly? Your finish looks like. That, that's something that we didn't really have. We had a a, a you know, microscope before. That, that we had right. a you know a eyeglass. That's all we had. Yeah. So I mean, you think about it. All the technology we've been talking about today, and been talking about in the videos and everything for a while. I mean, you. That is what Greg Anderson and those guys are putting in the race cars, that's, and you can see how fast yeah. you know the the KB. I mean, how? I mean, think about it. Joe, you're the racetrack. How fast Matt's been this Wait, year? Joe's here? No, yeah, Joe is oh, here. there he is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, we, we thought you were gone. When did you get here? <laughs> I was gone for a while. I went to the grocery store, but now I'm back. <laughs>
did I miss? Did I miss anything? Listen, I was here. I'm mesmerized by the conversation, guys. And you're absolutely correct, Lake, out there on the NHRA tour, the KB Titan guys, you know, the big merger between KB and Titan Racing Engines, who built power for world champion Tanner Gray a couple of years ago. They merged houses. And so there are ideas from both sides. And, and there are more than one ways to skin a cat, they say. And so they're kind of picking the best of that. And they've got very quick and fast race cars here at the start of 2023. And Matt Hartford has had, he got his first number one qualifier ever, mm -hmm. which is a huge deal. Been in contention to win three races in a row. They're very difficult to win, but uh, he's got a quick and fast car. And all the KB Titan powered cars are pretty quick. Uh, winning the last two in a row, Dallas Glenn, that is when we're uh, doing this. Dallas won the Winter Nationals and the Vegas Four Wide Nationals, and they're excited to keep on going got quick and fast cars and a lot of it has to do with something that greg learned at one of the total seal trackside tech talks his words not mine right yep yeah you're gonna play it real quick do you have the clip oh, man i don't think i still have the clip anymore i'm sorry oh well, man because it's like greg like okay listen you can, we can say it all you worth greg anderson watching a total seal tech talk at the pit area you seem to observe so you tell me uh, that area that they talk about, is there something worth learning? Uh, because I'm going to take this clip of audio right now and play it tomorrow. I will tell you from the bottom of my heart, Joe, did I learn something that day that I listened to that first seminar? You darn tootin' I did. I absolutely did. And it has helped me in my race program. And thank you, Lake. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Matt Hartford. And all the Total Seal guys, thank you to all the Rottler guys. I've now got a beautiful new Rottler CNC hone in my shop that, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's helped my project. It's helped my program. And I learned that day that I listened to those guys, hmm, maybe we are missing something here. So, yeah, I can't lie. And I probably shouldn't have told the world that, but it is the truth. It has absolutely helped my program. I'm not going to deny it. And I thank all those guys for what they've done and what they are doing. And, yes, anybody that gets a chance to sit on in on one of these seminars, don't miss it. Wow. And you, and you could have said absolutely not. Nope. Didn't help at all. <laughs> I don't know how to lie. He doesn't know you how know, to lie. Joe, I'm going to pick on some of the internet guys just for a second here because there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of trash talking about the video that they did when when um, was it your dad's block that he was on? Yeah. Which block was it? So dad's block, so Lake yeah. went to KB Racing and uh, and they made a video with with you guys, mm -hmm. you know, honing that block and and it was funny because if you go read some of the internet remarks and comments, you know, there's all this stuff like shut up lake let the expert talk you know and like dude we're all laughing because you know i remember in december we were having dinner there at pri and it's us and greg's there and we're all talking about it and greg's like i didn't know what the heck to say lake's che cheered me on said say this say that you know and like, all these guys in there like, shut up lake let the expert talk you know? like, well you just heard from greg hey i learned about this so, i think that, that was That's probably the funniest thing that happened yeah. yeah yeah well it was great I'm, I'm very proud of myself that i pulled the clip and i stored it where we can use it so rapidly. Great stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job. That's why we only work with professionals, Joe. Five time yeah. world champ says something positive. Uh, you should probably clip it and keep yeah. it. I like that. Yeah, All right, guys, we're 39 minutes into the show. And so I know you're fighting some battery issues over there on that side of the world and everything. I know there might've been a couple of other things that Lake wanted to throw out there as we do this episode of hidden horsepower, kind of catching up everybody meeting Dino Don, all that, but like, if there's any, you know, final thoughts or things you want to direct people to over the next couple of weeks and months, for instance, like when is our next trackside tech talk? I know there's something going on at Bristol 
which is going to be great. We're all getting into Bristol a little bit early for something cool. And Ben is involved in that. So why don't you touch on those things? Yeah, absolutely. So actually tomorrow we're having the first of those hands-on hunting classes. Back to what Greg said here at EFI University tomorrow, we're going to be teaching a class. So the Trackside Tech Talk, where we're talking about honing, that's about an hour or so talk. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a full day, hands-on, immersive experience. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be you know, really you think great. About how many times have you listened to somebody talk, or you watched a video, or you read a you know instruction manual, and you're like, I didn't really get it. But the first time you put your hands on it and you did it, yeah, exactly. You're like, I got it. So mm -hmm. what we're going to have this weekend is we got six guys that are coming into town. We're going to have start it in the classroom. We're going to do a similar version of your trackside tech talk, mm -hmm. but we're going to add uh, Scott from Rottler here is going to talk to not just about how do you what surface finish do you want, but right. how do you get it? So mm -hmm. what do you do to the machine? What do you do with speeds and feeds and loads and stones? And then we're going to actually go back to the back of the shop. We got a block in there mm -hmm. that uh, Jeff Baldwin put yep. together. So uh, then the guys in the class are, you're going to hone on the block and you're yep. going to measure it with the profilometer and you're going to look at Mark Malberg's trace boss software. Such a great like, way to teach. Man, yeah. I, I wish I could have learned that way 25 yeah, years I know. ago. You know? Yeah. So we just put mm -hmm. together the kind of experience. I like mm -hmm. that you call it experience um, that we wish we could have. Yeah. Right. So, so that's, that's the weekend. first one. Right? Yeah. That's this weekend. Uh, then we're going to repeat it in June. I think it's June 8th, I, I believe. Ninth, but you know. 8th, we'll, we'll, 9th, whatever. Just get to Bristol early. Ish. It's yeah. ish. Uh, and we're going to have a, a, the second one of these over at Chris Robbs where we do the Engine Performance Expo, which is like seven, eight miles from the racetrack yep. there in Bristol. So that's going to be in June. Then the next actual trackside tech talk is going to be at Indy, the big go in August or September, whenever it is. Yeah. So having Straub's place there, because that place is like, it's it's the next level for me if I adversity. I think it's Candyland if you're into CNC machining and all that kind of stuff. This oh, yeah. place is awesome. He's like the gasoline alley of Bristol. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you're Bristol, right. But you got to go to Straub's. You got to go too. there. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's an experience. It's definitely cool. So. It's going to be neat. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, I, and, and I will be there uh, as well. And there's one more topic you wanted to throw out there, Lake, and I, I, I'm going to offer it up to you to maybe go there or maybe not, right? Because it's kind of a, been taken as a bit of a bummer by people in the combustion and racing industry. Uh, but you were kind of pushing back on it. You sent me some photographs of Mike Koblen's, uh project. And uh, oh, yeah. this is something that has been out there in the news lately and, and uh, our exposure to it through hidden horsepower and our times at PRI where he comes in and kind of updates us. You got to, to talk and there's some things that you want to throw out there. Uh, everybody knows the big EPA rules that were announced the other day. Uh, mm -hmm. It had the, the mainstream buzzing that the rules were going to force more electric cars, but the rules don't say you have to have electric cars. The rules say you have to achieve a standard of emissions, which those mm -hmm. of us who know a little bit about the combustible hydrogen projects, uh, that can be accomplished in other ways. And I think you've got some news about uh, Copeland's project. Uh, were you going to share? Yeah, absolutely. I think you said it perfectly, Joe, that the new EPA proposal is not about regulating fuel economy, but regulating emissions and well everyone's go-to like you said is oh it's got to be a battery well no not necessarily because hydrogen combustion is also zero emissions so like we said we've had mike on the show a couple of times a few weeks ago i was able to go up to detroit and go to mike's shop and spend some time talking with him 
this month he's actually getting EPA certified. Oh, cool. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So he's, uh, Roush has got a facility up there. And so they're taking the car over there or the truck over there. They're going to go through the full thing and get the complete EPA certification on hydrogen. And then just last week, I was at a hydrogen caught summit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Germany, they're making a big push towards hydrogen because they have tons of water. And the thing is, you can take water and through hydro uh, electrolysis, you can make hydrogen. So Germany's making a big push for it in Europe. Uh, obviously, Toyota has come out and said they're not going to build fully battery electric cars, period. They won't do it. It doesn't make sense to them from an engineering perspective. They don't think it makes sense from a power grid perspective around the world. So hydrogen combustion is a big part of Toyota's long-term vision. Uh, Cummins, same thing, a big giant haul truck. So hydrogen combustion isn't a pipe dream. It's real. And that's the engine. Well, I, I think it's good that there's options, right? Like, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily anti EV at all. I think it's amazing and it's cool technology, but it can't be the only solution, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think anybody would argue that there's, um, there's anything wrong with trying to clean up the environment and do a better job. Yeah. That's all good stuff, but we can't just throw away all of the years and decades of technology we have and say, well, we're just not going to do that anymore. Now we're going to do this. So hydrogen is a great alternative, right? It's, it's a way to accomplish all of those goals um without actually damaging an entire industry's economic lifeline you know well the great thing about the fuel source right if you think about batteries these that still requires rare earth metals that Mm -hmm. still requires mining mining, you know so disposal Mm -hmm. yes there's there is a environmental impact to a battery hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe yes. it's everywhere it, it's not that hard uh to to come by so there's there's just a lot of things is it a perfect technology is it ready for prime time today no but there's a lot of promise around it so i think that's the thing is that we just got to keep working on it and as as racers I feel that's what we're good at. I was just thinking, like, so all we need to do, Don, is figure out how we're going to make 950 horsepower. You know, absolutely. The the thing, you know, I've known about this this technology for for a while. It's just been so hard to manufacture a product and the engine that's able to do this and last. You know, you you can't buy the parts out of Summit Catalog yet. You can't do that. (laughs) So, and that's one of the reasons why you know the people, the guys that are starting this project to work on it, you know, for uh, on a large scale, it's it's just so, so important because again, you're right. Hydrogen is the most frequent element. You know, you, you, water is two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could utilize that, um, it, the, the, again, there, it's zero emissions and you have another option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing is, you know, it, it makes water. I don't think it's going to make 950 horsepower, <laughs> at least on my engines, but. Well, according, <laughs> yeah. according yeah. to Copeland, it has a higher octane value. Well, that's even what we need. definitely need that. And it's yeah. got three times the flame speed. Nice. So I'm thinking really big bore, really high RPM. Yeah. These are the guys we need right here. <laughs> <laughs> we need a hydrogen engine, Joe. We got to gotta make a hydrogen engine. We got to figure out how to do that. That would be a fun project, actually. Yeah. Right, yeah. kind of a fun project. And we need to race it in an NHRA competition eliminator. Absolutely. I'm in. That's I, I, I think that's doable. Yeah, is that, is that class have an index yet, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make some calls. I'll make some yeah, calls. Okay. But, 
it's simple as that, right? Like if you're going to allow all these other different things to experiment, the whole point of comp eliminator is as a, in many ways, is an experimental category. Why not la allow a combustion hydrogen engine in there in a, in a dragster or something to see what it would run? Like the engine that's in uh, Copeland's truck right there. You put it in a rail, a thing would run in the eights or maybe even, you know, definitely in the eights. Um, but that's what's cool about it. You want to be able to progress and, and, and tinker and come up with ideas and concepts like you were just imagining what might be possible. So that's good news. I just don't want everybody out there to immediately become glum about the future because there are some good things uh, on the horizon. As long as they don't take away wheels, we're still going to race. Yeah, exactly. We'll Absolutely. find a way to race. <laughs> Absolutely. Racers always do. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right, Lake, final thoughts. I know you're fighting the battery time over there, uh, but on this edition of Hidden Horsepower, people can look ahead to some more PRI episodes. You already mentioned the Trackside Tech Talk at Indy. What's going on out there at Bristol? Of course, we'll be all out there on Father's Day weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's right around there. Once again, the traditional date. But uh, final thoughts as you guys begin to wind up there from your location. Well, we're just looking forward to tomorrow. We're super excited. Scott from uh, Rottler's back here. Uh, He's we, we didn't have enough room to, to get Scott in here, you know, but I mean, the guys at Rottler have been a, a, a great help, right? I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. In the last three years, mm -hmm. the convergence yep. between the honing guys, the ring guys, the oil, all these things about that ring seal soup, They've all converged and it's been, you know, a lot of our efforts, but also people like Mark Malberg from Digital Metrology, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott and Ed and David and all the guys Brad. from Rottler, Brad Lagman from QMP. Everyone's coming together to form this community. And we've made just giant leaps in a really yeah, short you, amount of time. If you were to draw a curve of combustion sealing technology, right? And mm -hmm. that's that's ring seal, that's oil, and that's surface finish, and that's how to hone and having, you know, you know, probably went along like this for a long time, and that yeah. kind of grew a little bit. But then all of a sudden, like you said, all these areas of expertise have all said, instead of us all being unique individual experts in our little field, you know, or maybe before if you had a Rattler hunt, they'd say, well, you know, call the guys a total seal, and they'll figure out the ring thing. And then maybe... <laughs> ring guys and say, well, call the guys over at, you know, lakes at Driven Oil. He can tell you about, you know, the right oil. You know, instead of doing that, everybody was like, let's let's get on the same page. Right. You know, Mark Wahlberg's always been Mark Wahlberg. He's always yeah. had that expertise, but bringing him into the fold and saying, oh, speed let's huge. use it all together. Yeah. You know, that curve went from this to like straight yeah, up. Been the last right. three to four years has been, been exponentially better yeah. for, for engines. And yeah. everybody benefits, not just Greg Anderson and, and you know, Ronnie Shaver. But like it's it's the whole community Everybody. has has benefited, yeah. right? Yeah, because like we've got a video coming out here pretty soon. Actually, it's okay. The surface finish we know it's critical, <laughs> but you can create that same surface even on a CK10 or a CV616. Oh, yeah. You don't have to have a brand new Rottler to do it. Now you're never going to get the board geometry that the brand new CNC right. home can give you. Right. right? And that's, and that's part of the soup. That's part, part of the soup, soup right? So you can, get, you, you can get part of it. Yeah. You, you can get a peanut butter sandwich, maybe not peanut butter and jelly, but you can get part of it. Yeah. Right. So, but it's all this coming together. I think that's just, it's an exciting time. Right. And yeah. it is, it's been guys it's, like it's Keith, just Keith to Jones be a part of it. and everybody making yeah. this thing happen. It's been yeah. great. So we're going to keep coming back and doing more stuff. Right. Cause this, as we've come together as a community, doing things like the Engine Performance Expo, doing the Hidden Horsepower podcast, 
I think it is been part of that framework for making it happen. That, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know, the good news, Joe, is you think about guys like me and Lake and obviously Dino Don, you know, and those others of our ilk, right? We get bored easy. <laughs> and so we're not going to stop just because we've conquered one mountain. Like now it's like, all right, look at all the other stuff I can see now that I'm up here on the top of this mountain. It's time to go find that too. So there's going to be a lot more content coming your way. Absolutely. Excellent. And we're going to have fun with it too. And yes. I think Don wins like best new guest award or something because he was great and kind of like ran the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks, well, it, it's it's actually a, a shame that we've been doing this for like three years and we finally got him on the show. That's my fault. So is, I, I have to is, apologize for is, that. You know, you know most right? of the most of the stuff down. you do is on the other side of the country or whatever. And you know, I, I don't travel that much. I, I come out here to have a suit and relax, and, and here I am working today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There it is. Gentlemen, great job as usual. Really appreciate this and more to come as you as you said. Don, you're we're already booking you for your second uh visit. Anytime. Starting, Anytime, starting right now. And Ben and Lake, great job as well. We'll let you guys like judging by Lake's shorts, I really don't know what's happening next, guys. Is are you guys going out on the lake? It's gonna be ninety-five degrees today, or ninety or ninety-five degrees today. The weather is absolutely perfect. You know, sh shorts uh, Everybody wears chill. I don't know if you know the new lake, though. This is Havasu Lake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's a whole different guy when he gets out here. So. I've seen some YouTube videos of that place. It looks like it'd be very entertaining. Maybe one of these. Oh, this, this is a yeah. great place here. Okay. Ben's got a wonderful place here at EFI University. The only thing missing here is you, Joe. <laughs> oh, well, maybe sometime in the future, right? We will have to oh, work that invitation. out. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Appreciate all of you. Great job on this edition of Hidden Thanks, all right, Don, Lake, and Ben, great job, guys. Excellent work. If you like what you're watching, obviously, we encourage you to like all the social media, subscribe to the audio-only podcast version of the show because you can't always be looking at a screen, but we've got so many new things coming. And it's really all an exercise, though, to let you know about Total Seal Piston Rings. Go to TotalSeal.com. You can get the podcast there. If you need one ring, if you need a set of rings, they've got a whole great website where you can find out all that information. And remember what they always say, make them your first call, not your last call. They will get you set up uh, with your piston ring situation. Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal. Thanks guys. Appreciate you.